0: You're listening to Insights at the Edge. Today, my guest is Karen Brody. Karen Brody is the founder of the Daring to Rest program for women. An expert in women's empowerment and well-being with a passion for women's leadership, Karen helps women take back rest and dream big using Yoga Nidra rest meditation. Karen is certified in the Amrit method of Yoga Nidra, and trained in level two of the I-Rest Yoga Nidra system. With Sounds True, Karen has written a new book called Daring to Rest, Reclaiming Your Power with Yoga Nidra Rest Meditation, where she teaches the reader to go to quote unquote sleep in order to wake up, helping exhausted women everywhere break the vicious cycle of fatigue and live the rich, full lives we all deserve. In this episode of Insights at the Edge, Karen and I spoke about the current epidemic of exhaustion in our culture, and how so many of us are just not getting enough good quality rest, and how if we're not able to rest, we're also not able to digest. And the challenges, especially for women, who have been inculcated in the idea that we need to serve others first before letting ourselves take the downtime we need. We also talked in great detail about the healing practice of yoga nidra, known as the sleep of the yogis, and the state of turiya that we're able to access in yoga nidra, a state of peaceful non-doing that can inform our doing. Karen and I also talked about her own Yoga Nidra practice and how it has transformed her, particularly in helping her chuck perfectionism and how to bring the benefits of Yoga Nidra into different parts of our waking life. Here's my conversation on Daring to Rest with Karen Brody. Karen, to begin with can you share with our listeners how it is that you have become such an impassioned emissary for the practice of yoga nidra?
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, I call myself a yoga nidra meditation cheerleader. And honestly, cheerleader was the last thing I ever was growing up or aspired to be. But I found yoga nidra when my children were very young i had a son who was about five uh, four and a half five and another son who was three and i was super sleep deprived uh, about three years before i discovered yoga nidra i had had um Uh, a panic attack in the middle of a supermarket and I got a friend to take me to the emergency room. My husband was out of town. It was the first time I actually didn't have both my boys with me. I had put them in care to go back to work full time and my friend literally rushed me to the emergency room and I thought I was having a heart attack and they told me that it was a panic attack. And, you know, I was at the time of really all-natural kind of mama. Um, Even for myself, I wouldn't take an ibuprofen. Really, I'd have to be in extreme pain. So the idea of going on anti-anxiety pills was uh, heart-crushing. And when I started taking them because I thought I have no other choice, I have to keep going, I have to keep doing, I literally said it's going to be six months. I'll be off this in six months. And then three years later, I found myself still on the anti-anxiety pills and actually not really thinking necessarily of going off of them, but my children now were at an age just before going off to kindergarten. They were in a preschool, and again, I had a little bit of time uh, in my day. I worked from home, so I saw this yoga studio that I'd been eyeing for a while, and I said, okay, I'm going to get back into shape. I'm going to do yoga to to get into shape. And when I walked into the studio, I literally was planning to sign up for a bendy, stretchy kind of yoga class, maybe level one, two, to get back into shape. And I heard this woman guiding these other women in meditation in a far-off room, not so far off, but I heard it and I said, Oh my gosh, what's that? And I walked over to the room, and all of these women are lying down with blankets on them, eye pillows over their eyes, bolsters under their knees, just looking like they're taking a nap, and they looked in complete, deep bliss. And I thought, I want what they got. I want what they got. And I asked the woman at the front desk, what is that? Because I've been a meditator for a long time, actually. I, at this point, I was in my, I guess, mid-30s, maybe toward my late 30s, and I had started meditating in my 20s, around 23. So it's not that I didn't know meditation, but after I had my children, I sort of lost my groove with meditation, I didn't want to sit up anymore, honestly. And when I heard and I saw all these people laying down, looking like they were taking a nap, I thought, that's what I need. I need what they got. And to me at the time, it looked like a really deep, delicious nap. And so I signed up and really uh, life has never been the same. And I call it yoga nidra meditation. Like I call it Meditation with a cherry on top because I, I love meditation and this is meditation and it's guided meditation. But the cherry on top was the lying down piece, the fact that it takes you into these deep sleep brain waves. And I felt so deeply relaxed so quickly. And by the end of a year, uh, I was off the anti anxiety pills and didn't look back. And I should mention that I discovered in those years of. Um, after the emergency room, I started flashing back to when I was a kid going with my father. My parents were divorced, and on the weekends, we'd see my father, and we'd go into an ambulance, and we'd go to the emergency room. He thought he was having a heart attack, and they, he was always sent back, told he was fine. Now, my father never talked to me about it being panic, but I'll tell you now, I'm 99% sure it was. I can't have that conversation with my father. He's passed.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: he passed. At the time, I had the awareness. But um, there was a family legacy there, more than just my father, of anxiety and panic attacks. And I thought I was destined to have them forever. So just that alone changed my life. It rewired everything.
0: Okay, I think you've successfully piqued our interest about this (laughs) lying down form of meditation. Yoga Nidra sounds a little esoteric. In a nutshell, if you will, can you explain to people what is Yoga Nidra meditation?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I agree. Yoga Nidra, it's um, really deceiving because it has nothing to do with, again, that bendy, stretchy yoga. Yoga um, is really, you know, about union, oneness, and then Nidra is um, the Sanskrit word for sleep. And so this is the sleep of the yogi. This is literally a sleep-based meditation technique that you're guided into deep sleep waves with a trace of awareness. So it's not sleep. Your mind is invited to have uh, a trace of awareness throughout it. And as a result, you go into deep relaxation which you would feel if you if you went into a nice deep sleep but you go even further you go into this this fourth state of consciousness where you literally uh, are thoughtless and the potential to rewire and uh, recharge your whole system becomes available to you and it's 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 a very deep form of conscious relaxation
0: Now, I'm imagining someone who says, I feel very drawn to some type of deep sleep meditation, but I know how tired I am, and I'm going to be asleep in five minutes. And you address this in your book, Daring to Rest, and you talk about how many people have the experience of lying down, being guided, and it seems like they're actually asleep, but yet they know when the meditation is over. You know, for example, at the end of a yoga class when you do the corpse pose, shavasana, somehow you wake up right when the yoga instructor is saying, please uh, now open your eyes. How did you know that when you were sleeping? So explain that. I'm going to go to sleep, but oh no, I'm not actually asleep.
1: Right, yes, it is a little... um hard to grasp because, you know, you say, well, wait a minute, I'll just be completely out and I won't even hear your voice. That's what people think. So I'm, am I going to get any benefit to this? But there's a part of you that's always awake. So first of all, you know, you know, you haven't fallen asleep. If at the end of Yoga Nidra, I woke you up. But many people feel they go into such a deep state of relaxation. And again, the mind the mind literally goes, you become thoughtless. You go into this place where you see beyond the activity of the mind, you know, to the source, into this cosmic mind, so to speak. And then when you're in this, in this space, you sometimes won't hear my voice. You'll go in and out, almost like a coma. You're literally, the brain waves are very similar. And that's when the organs can rejuvenate your, your body, rejuvenates the subconscious mind is very open to suggestions so if you're planting things like intentions or saying an affirmation through the guided meditation you're being guided that way you really hear them on a deep level you don't push them away like when our mind has a thousand thoughts going through it and we wouldn't necessarily easily accept some of these things so you have a lot of uh, uh, power during this time but you may not think you're hearing my voice uh, But again, if you wake up at the end of the meditation, you did not fall asleep. Now, sometimes people do fall asleep, and that's okay, too. It's not, you know, I guess it's not the ideal thing, but many people in the beginning, it's not unusual to fall asleep maybe for the first three, four times. And in that case, well, number one, you needed the sleep, and you did still benefit because there is a part of you that is always awake, and I speak to the subconscious mind, or when I'm guiding the yoga nidra, whoever the voice is, the voice is speaking to your subconscious mind, and it will still be hearing the instructions. Now, one of the things that people feel, again, that they didn't benefit if they fell asleep, I usually say, because it is better to to have this trace of awareness, to not go into um, a sleep where you don't wake up at the end of yoga nidra, go and sit in a chair just a few times. A lot of times you won't fall into that deep, deep sleep. You'll wake up at the end and you'll be hearing my voice. You'll just be deeply relaxed. Deeply
0: relax. Now, we're going to go into the yoga midra meditation process more, but before we do, I just want to talk about this idea of daring to rest, which is the title of your new book. You mentioned in your own life how you had two young children, and that that was part of your exhaustion. But it seems like we have an epidemic of people who are exhausted and underslept. And I wonder if you can speak to that and why you seem to see this as a feminist issue as well.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, well, I I mean, the time is now to take back rest. We are in constant activation mode as a culture, uh, women and men. So it's not um, a a gender issue necessarily, but it, it it is something that um, our bodies are crying out for the rest and digest piece. What's happening now is there are so many demands on our time that with particularly digital technology, it is literally enabling us to stay up all night, to uh, not go to sleep, to literally have the lights on and never be in the dark. And this is something I do talk about in my book, which is, I mean, everything from digital technology, which is, you know, too much light, um, and so we don't make the melatonin at night if we're on the computer or even watching the television. But also, just in general, we have a lot of light pollution in our urban cities, um, even out in more rural areas. Now we have so much more light, and so the call, the 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 need to rest is just really balance this daring part is that it's so hard to do (laughs) it is so hard to do because there's always something active calling us to do something more we all have the to-do list or we have every there's every moment can be filled with something to do and if anyone just thinks of their email box, you know, there's always a guy uh, got to go check my email because someone sent me something and, you know, it's another thing to do. So, so we need to be daring. We need to be bold. We need to have the courage to rest and to say to our family and friends, you know, I'm taking a yoga nidra nap today, every day. Before, for some, for some um, people, it's in the morning. Uh, they like to bookend their day with it. For some, it's uh, literally like bef- when they come home from work before they start dinner in that evening part of their um, day because it gives them more energy. For some, it's at their lunchtime at work to literally take before they eat their lunch, take 15-20 minutes, plug into yoga nidra, go into that state of deep. Relaxation and um, dare to rest because we are seeing so many statistics now that are extremely alarming. I mean, for women alone, 35 million women experience sleep or wakefulness disorders, and that's double compared to men. So we know that women are having, well, are reporting more sleep issues.
0: Mm-hmm. You have a quote towards the end of the book where you're recapping some of the core principles of daring to rest and this quote is serve yourself first then others. And you know I thought yes this is what is so hard for many women for many of us yeah. is you know to put your oxygen mask on first when there's so many other people who you feel responsible for. So talk about that for women, especially, and the challenge that poses when it comes to daring to rest.
1: Right. So we're, we're natural caretakers, women. Um, and uh, because of that, we often get ourselves into situations where we are not getting the rest that we need. We are not daring to rest. We are caring for others, whether it's our parents, whether it's our animals, whether it's our children. I mean, there's so many areas that women are caretakers. uh, And so many times in our lives when we become caretakers, sometimes for years and years and years. And if you don't balance the well, I mean, women, this is particular, putting on the oxygen mask is so hard for us because we want to care for others, but what we don't realize and what I know didn't hit me until I started practicing yoga nidra meditation was actually I was a lot kinder nicer mommy to my children (laughs) and to the world um, when I took my yoga nidra meditation nap and very soon my family in my household began almost demanding that I have you taken your yoga nidra nap today (laughs) right it's good because you know it it really makes um it really makes a difference, and everyone around you can start seeing that so if you are caretaking somebody, you know if you're depleted, you are actually not able to serve uh, on a very high level to another person, and a lot of times we become angry and resentful, and then that goes into rage and all of these pieces that doesn't serve really. Anybody, in fact, it, you may be taking care of someone, but actually the vibration is very low for both of you if you're you're not at your best. And so we must dare to rest. We absolutely must. And for women, I think there's a deeper call, even um, historically, and I talk about this in the book about uh, we have um, we have a history of as women, Uh, Being told to rest in the 1800s in in the United States, there was a whole epidemic of women getting sick, becoming literally um, bedridden because uh, life was changing, going from an agrarian economy to an industrialized economy, and women's roles were changing, and they were changing so much that they had a larger voice in the agrarian economy. They had uh, more of an active Lifestyle, And then suddenly, in a more industrialized economy, women were really not valued very much. Uh, and they became sick. And what was happening in general at that time was they were being prescribed something called the rescuers to deal with the woman question. And so a lot of women who naturally felt like leaders and uh, Creative women in particular, Virginia Woolf, uh, Charlotte Perkins Gilman, these uh, writers, uh, they, they rebelled against these rescuers. They said, wait a minute, this, is, this rest is trying to shut us up. We're not going to sit in bed and do nothing. And so they made a good bargain with rest and they said, we're not going to rest. And that's how we can get out in the world and we can write our books, we can write our novels, we can be women leaders in the world. And that was a good bargain at that time, but we've now gotten to we've we've you know life has changed, and we are still wrestling with this giving ourselves permission to rest, which is uh, what was a good bargain that's now gone bad, and we need to change it. We need to have a new relationship with rest. We need to stop saying, if I, you know, resting makes me weak, resting, you know, is not, I'm not going to show how valuable I am in the world, how I can lead. No, actually resting helps me lead. Being a well-rested woman leader is actually to your personal advantage and to the world's advantage. So I, I, I wrote this book a lot because I feel really deeply about this. It's time to take back rest for women. Mm -hmm. We're we're losing our juice. We're losing our power.
0: As you mentioned, your children saying, you know, mom, I think it's time for a a yoga nidra meditation now. I can definitely imagine people in a meeting holding up the Tammy, please take a yoga nidra nap (laughs) sign or something. I can imagine that.
1: Yeah, right. That's right. We, we really have, you know, absolutely. And my, my husband in his own work, and it's not just women, right? Because it's men too. My husband, he, he, he's a better manager at work when he started taking a yoga nidra nap.
0: Mm-hmm. Now you use this interesting phrase, rest and digest. We need to take time to rest and digest. And maybe you're talking about physical digestion, but the sense I got was that you were talking about a deeper kind of digestion,
1: Yeah, well, rest and digest um, is really something, sometimes um, it's uh, a reference that's made to turning on that parasympathetic branch of the nervous system, as simple as, you know, that we're very sympathetic dominant, the do, 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 go, go, go branch of our nervous system is always on. And so to balance that, we need to turn on the parasympathetic and rest and digest but there is a deeper meaning there's absolutely a deeper meaning the digest piece is really you know when you rest everything that's coming in everything that you are processing we're not able to, if we don't rest we're not able to digest this so we instead we just react 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 so the giving yourself time to rest and then digest all of these things coming through uh, to us we can process them in a way f- from a from a more balanced perspective instead of just reactive reactive and and that serves everybody that serves everybody
0: now you talked about yoga nidra meditation as being the sleep of the yogi and you have a section of the book daring to rest on your brain on Yoga Nidra. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the various brainwave patterns that we engage in when we're awake and then when we're dreaming. And then what are the brainwave patterns of this thoughtless awareness that you describe we can touch in Yoga Nidra?
1: Yes, yes. It's very exciting. Okay. So in Yoga Nidra, You begin in your beta brain, in your waking state consciousness, and then you are guided into you know dream into starting that dream state that we all go into when we go into conventional sleep, Um, and then slowly you go into more deep sleep. So you're in theta, you're delta. You know you're you're going into these brainwaves that are deeper, and your 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 body's able to restore more. And if you if you are in uh, are good sleeper and you're getting deep sleep. You're usually going into these deep sleep brain waves, um, but we're not good sleepers. <laughs> so I'll just say, just bracket that to say we're not good sleepers, and so actually people aren't getting the deep sleep brain waves, and therefore depression, other things are happening, health issues because of that. But yoga nidra literally takes you from the waking state consciousness to dreaming state to into these deep sleep brain waves and then below to a a, a a fourth state of consciousness that you can't get through sleep and it's known as turia and in turia you are thoughtless you are able to almost like it's like giving yourself a clean slate <laughs> and you're 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 literally in such a, a deep state of um relaxation of non-doing that it helps to teach you and to counter all the doing that you're doing your life so when you come back out of yoga nidra meditation and you're brought back out from these deep sleep brain waves and beyond to turiya you know in it's a visceral understanding that you have that uh of non-doing. And so you can begin to slowly bring that into your life, not of not doing anything when you know, but actually feeling more at peace, more relaxed, that inner uh, awareness and peace that you can go about your every day in, instead of being on high alert. If you don't go into a state of non-doing, if you don't understand um, how to not do, uh, which many of us don't because we're constantly going and doing, then uh, your brain is always in this state of react, react, react. So, so Yoga Nidra literally, literally takes you through this deep sleep brainwaves all the way to Turiya and into the state of non-doing. And in the non-doing, we can bring that back into our everyday lives and um, feel much much more at ease, peace, balanced.
0: So after doing the amount of yoga nidra meditation that you've done in your life and teaching so many people, is a state, the thoughtless state of this state of turiya, can you just call on that whenever you want in your waking life?
1: Well, here's the thing. Yes, uh, but what I will say is it's like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the more it's more easily you can call it up. So, uh, I mean, yogis actually can call it up very easily who are who are going into yoga nidra often. Um, those of us who practice more often can usually, yes. For example, when I had a lot of my panic attacks were in supermarkets um, and, you know, on a supermarket aisle, you know, on a line, uh, you know, sometimes you're on a long line there and I can bring it up and go into that really deep, calm state. Absolutely. Absolutely. How
0: do you do that now? And I realize that we haven't introduced our listeners to the full practice of yoga nidra, but I'm curious in the supermarket line, what process you go through?
1: Well, because when you practice yoga nidra meditation, uh, you you have a visceral understanding of of what it feels like to be in non-doing. So sometimes I can just go there, but what I will say is that in the beginning, what I would do is literally do almost like a mini uh, Yoga Nidra on a supermarket line. So we begin in Yoga Nidra, uh, we go through these I can take you through the map, right? So we, it's, it's, it's literally thinking of uh, your body as not one body, but of five bodies. So in the yogic teachings, they call them the five koshas. And we're literally cleaning all five bodies. We're cleaning the koshas these five bodies of awareness and so we begin in the physical body and we body we do body sensing we rotate attention around the body and a lot of times um, most of the uh, yoga nidra um, will literally touch on these these marma points these are points that um, when when you When you imagine them, when you sense them, you literally release blocked energy in the body. So It's almost like going for acupuncture. (laughs) And instead of the needles, you know, going into different meridians to release blocked energy, you can kind of think of it as that literally touches, you you feel into a certain point in your body and we rotate attention through the body and we release blocked energy. And then we take people into the energy body and that's when we begin to use more breath work. I mean, there's breathing that's done throughout uh, Yoga Nidra, but it's a guided breath work that helps you really invite in Life force uh, and invite life and begin to release anything that needs to die in your life. So that could be that could be a range of things. I mean, that could be anything from uh, maybe a little anger that you're feeling. I mean, this is the the energy body bridges. The body, the next body, which is the mental body, where you really begin to release emotions. So the breath work kind of prepares you to release emotions and beliefs that aren't serving you anymore. And that's when you go into the mental body. So there's the physical, the energy, the mental body. And in the mental body, we use, uh, we play with opposites. We might ask people to feel hot and then feel cold. And then feel hot and cold at the same time. We might guide someone through a visualization, um, and that would again um, be speaking to the mental body and helping to process uh, different different um, awarenesses that will clean this mind will basically clean your mind. <laughs> and then we go into the wisdom body. That opens the wisdom body. So it's almost like these Russian dolls and you one opens the next, it opens the next, it opens the next. And you you clean the mind and then you get into, you have access to the wisdom body. And in the wisdom body, we start playing with this whole idea of you being more of the witness to your life. So you are less attached to to certain things, to everything from emotions to thoughts. So you really kind of drop the ego and you become the witness of your life. And that really allows you to have a surge in intuition, in deep knowing. And what I would say is that's when your wild woman comes calling for women because your wild woman is this deeply intuitive Uh, uh, energy in you that holds all of everything that you've always known, but you've been so exhausted, you couldn't see straight. (laughs) So suddenly you remember everything it is about yourself that, you know, is in alignment with your highest self, with your truth, with your true self, um, your authentic self. And that gives you the key to the next and final uh, body of awareness which is the bliss body and in the bliss body that's really when you know you see beyond the activities of the mind you go to the source to the divine and you you literally feel as if everything will be okay and you start to feel that in your bones and joy can often arise here uh um happiness joy bliss but not always But what happens is just the sense of feeling everything's going to be okay, because a lot of times in our daily lives, we don't feel everything's going to be okay. So, boom, you have this shower of everything's going to be okay in the bliss body, and that awareness is so so powerful when you come out of yoga nidra and you slowly after the bliss body begin to come out of yoga nidra uh, and then you have again your wild woman with you you have you know your your this sense that everything's going to be okay because your wild woman knows this and this is an archetype that dr Clarissa pinkola Estes is you know uh, written about in women who run with the wolves and i really i appreciate her work so deeply and when i When I started noticing what women would talk about when they would practice a lot of yoga nidra, it was just clear they were boom, they were right. Their wild woman just just started to awaken and 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 it's such an exciting moment so so at the end of yoga nidra you're just then woken up um, and people can go and continue going to sleep some people will will go off to sleep after yoga nidra they're just in such a deeply relaxed state but typically if you're going to go do things again in your daily life you're you're woken up and then you're you're up and you are You've gone into this deeply relaxed state, and it's it's more than just relaxation. I would call it empowerment, uh, but you know there's there's many many other words for it too. Transformation. It's 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 deep. <laughs>
0: Now, what's interesting to me, Karen, is as you describe this, it does sound like a deep process and it sounds a little complex. At the same time, we were talking about how you're able to call on an adaptation, if you will, or yoga nidra meditation as a gateway of some kind, right when you're in the supermarket line.
1: Right. So you begin that rotation through your body, um, just doing a little bit of rotation through the body starting you know you can start right at your third eye in the space between your eyebrows and then you literally go to your throat you go to the right side of the body go down the right side then go down the left side of the body and start breathing and literally you feel yourself sinking deeper and deeper not sleeping but you feel yourself going into a deep state of relaxation and to be honest you know for for me who had panic attacks for years and years and years um if you go through even the first two uh bodies the the physical and the uh energy body uh you begin to break that cycle immediately of of um of going back into panic because your body remembers it doesn't have to go there and if you've practiced yoga nidra you have that understanding. You've been planting that seed because we also use something called your sankalpa or your intention in yoga nidra. I can talk about that in a bit as well. But yeah, so it's very it's very simple, and you literally the breathing can take you there, and the rotation of uh, attention through the body can take you back into not into the deep deep yoga nidra state easily when you're. On the supermarket line, but you can feel the non doing in your body. You can go, it's actually one of the only states that you can, when you go into yoga nidra, this non doing, that you can bring back with you. You can bring the non doing back with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Now tell me about this sankalpa or intention that you use in the practice.
1: Right. Well, the intention is uh, something that you plant at the beginning um, and often uh, the middle and sometimes the end of yoga nidra. um, It is literally a statement, a positive statement. uh, That's a short positive statement that helps you align to your highest truth. So it, can be um, somewhat goal-oriented, although it's usually not outcome-dependent. So typically, um, the sankalpa is something like, you know, I am worthy, let's say, or I am um, I am calm, joyful, and carefree. Something that, a state of, of being that you, you may not be in, but you say it as if. You say it in the present tense. And then you plant it in your, uh, during in Yoga Nidra, you plant it throughout the different times in yoga nidra, to remind yourself of this intention, similar to an affirmation in many ways. And when it's planted in the state of turiya, in this fourth state of consciousness, then your subconscious mind, again, there's, you're thoughtless, then you don't have any resistance to to accepting this intention. And it is heard in your whole being on a very deep level. And so when you wake up, you begin to live more in alignment with this intention. And it's absolutely, to me, it's magical because uh, it's like planting a seed. Your body is so fertile that it just grows. And, you know, it's not as if you practice yoga nidra to get what you want. You know, it's not not that kind of a practice. But it is, um, I've seen a lot of people start living more in alignment with this uh, deep truth of who they are um, by using the intention.
0: Do you have an intention that you use in the practice right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, my intention, actually, right this minute, my intention is I am calm, joyful, and carefree. <laughs> that is my intention. I, that, that was my example, um, one of my examples. And that, really, that intention actually um, was because writing a book was hard. (laughs) And I, you know, really felt like I wanted to align more with the vibration of calm, joyful, carefree. You know, you spend a lot of hours on things and you also, I need to kind of remind myself that I can go to that place of calm, joyful, carefree um, when you have deadlines it sometimes feels like you can't.
0: Well, I just want to make a, a comment now, a personal comment, which is I had the joy of sitting with you in person for an hour just last week. And what I thought to myself was, wow, Karen feels to me grounded, spacious, open. And at the same time, she's an ambitious person. She can be a torch carrier for this with a lot of drive. And I thought that's such a beautiful and rare combination. And in a way, I think you're speaking to that, the practice that you've done to generate that kind of presence.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for that. And I, what I will say is that um, after many years of being the burnout queen, and then finding yoga nidra meditation and being a leader and the burnout queen. I will say Um, I knew I had to do things differently and I feel real like I'm really on a mission to teach other women how to be this more well-rested woman leader, not perfectly rested every moment, but I, I feel like there's, it's clearly our soul us to be and become. And so it's like finding that rhythm uh, in us to be both uh, and at the same time, you know, um, you know th- that, that's, that's the full realization. So I hope in this book I'm taking people into that um, awareness of, of the being, which is the, the non-doing and being you know, really delicious. Uh, he, no, you're going to a nap. But then the further piece it really gave me was this, um, okay, I can also be ambitious. I can be a leader. And I can be both. I just, you know, need to be connected to rhythm. The f- What I call, I like to call the full-bodied yum, you know, um, and do, do something a full-bodied yum or or not. Mm-hmm. Not a full-bodied yum, I usually don't follow it.
0: Well, you know, when it comes to resting, I think there can be a fear that some women have of missing out. I'm going to miss out on being able to really actualize at the highest possible level or other people will say, oh, she's busy having her full body yum. I guess we'll have the meeting without her or I guess we'll have to move (laughs) forward without her because, you know, that's what she's doing. She really likes resting a lot. And I, I wonder if there's some kind of cultural shift that you're also talking about where we need to respect rest in each other instead of like, oh, let's move ahead without her.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, for to me, this deep rest that yoga nidra meditation provides is a check-in kind of rest, you know, and that helps us in everything. That's going to help you in the meeting. That's going to help you lead in all areas of your life, not just in work, you know, um, in all areas, really. And so um, I absolutely want to see this cultural shift. I see there, there are hints that it's, it's happening, uh, slowly. But we have a ways to go. We have a ways to go, and that is, circling back to the, the title of the book, daring to rest. We, we need to be daring. We need to put the napping sign on our door, and, make be models, and I think be role models. You know, I've, I've done that even in my own home, and I've seen it, just. Pay off with my children, and I know that um, with other women leaders, with other women who I think we all have, uh, we all have a why in us, like that we want to express in the world. Like, why are we here? What what is our existence? What are we doing? What's our purpose? And you know, when we are resting, we're able to access that why on an even deeper level. And then um, I, I think the more we model it, the more people will respect it. And we need to, we absolutely need to dare to rest. It's time. We're burning out and the statistics are just bearing that out.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: no way, there's no way that in 2001 to 2010, there was an increase, a 264% increase of the number of women taking ADHD medication. There's just no way that that makes any sense you know the 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 this we shouldn't be on sleeping pills for years and years and years you know medication can help us i was on anti-anxiety pills i'm not saying they're not bridges they're not bridges to a better place we can be uh, life can fall apart and they, we might need them for a moment but when you take for example a girlfriend of mine recently said i just realized i've been on antidepressants for postpartum depression for 15 years and her child is now 15. <laughs> it's not postpartum depression mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so 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 the statistics are so there that we need to we need to rest. We need to dare to rest.
0: Now, one of the parts of the book that really moved me was your telling of a story that related to your family life and how your family relocated for a period of time to Tanzania, and what happened, and how yoga nidra meditation ended up being such an important medicine for you. And I, I wonder if you can share a bit about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I didn't think I was going to tell that story in this book, but um, it just it felt, oddly, it felt right in the bliss body to tell this story, and and the book is broken up into a way where I talk about the different, the five different bodies, and so in the bliss body, um, you know there is this, uh, this feeling, um, well that we have when when we don't clean our bliss body, that everything's not going to be okay. And and that we're not connected to source or the divine or to God, whatever whatever one calls it, um, we can't really see beyond the activities of the mind, and and for me in my family situation is we went to Tanzania and we had a very violent robbery we experienced um, in the middle of the night around midnight um, three armed men who came in when my husband was actually returning home and he they um, they robbed us of everything you know took um, all of our possessions and uh, they scared me deeply when they took me upstairs and um, they, they told me literally uh, uh, you know, if I did anything stupid, they were. They asked who was in one of the bedrooms. My two children were sleeping there. They were ages, at the time, uh, they were about six or uh, six and a half and four and a half, or uh, maybe seven, seven and yeah, maybe it was eight and six. Uh, and they they said, uh, you know, if I do anything stupid, I'm going to kill you and your motherfucking children, and then. I proceeded to give them everything that was upstairs in the house. They'd already taken everything downstairs in the house. They took wires and they um, they they they, um, they put our hands together and put us on the floor. And I had um, a woman uh, named uh, named Faith who is very. Um, She's a woman who was our maid when we lived in Kenya years ago. And it was our dream to go back to Africa to live there. And it was also uh, our dream to have Rose live with us as a family because she was one of my people. I don't know how to say it any more than that, but everyone knows when they meet one of their their people in life, Rose was one of my people. And um, I loved her dearly like a sister. Uh, I love her dearly like a sister. And Rose... Uh, came to live with us. It, it was unbelievable. It was like everything, everything that I wished for was happening. And then in that one night, everything uh, fell apart. And um, Rose was with us, and they took Rose into another room. And at the time, I didn't know what was happening. But when they left, and we managed to untie ourselves in the dark, uh, I went over to Rose, and she, she the first thing she said. Uh, When I untied her, and actually we were gagged as well, so I took off the gag, and I said to her, um, I said, uh, you know, I just hugged her, and she said, "Uh, Karen, God is good, and she said "They, they didn't hurt the children, and I thought oh, my God, you know, I don't know, okay, yeah, God is good. I don't know, you know, I mean, everything was swirling at that moment. And then she said to me that um, she needed to see a doctor. And I realized that she had been raped. And that moment, that that moment and the next day were the the worst days of my life. I mean, they. I just felt like everything, uh, everything fell apart. I didn't feel like anything was going to be okay. And yet I had to tell my children, it's going to be okay. Rose was modeling to me, it's going to be okay. She could somehow hold hope and hopelessness. uh, These opposites, which is what Yoga Nidra plays with so much when you're, everything from rotating attention to the right and left sides of the body to feeling hot or cold. Yoga Nidra invites you to be able to hold opposites and as a result sort of disidentify with something and 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 free it's, it's a free it's a it's a it's a it's a path to liberation to be able to hold opposites um, Mary Marion Woodman talks about this uh, holding the tension of the opposites and Rose was so naturally good at this and in a crisis like this where I couldn't hold I, I just saw hopelessness. And Rose could hold the hope and the hopelessness. And the the next day when we woke up, she was wearing this T-shirt, huge letters, um, this black T-shirt with white writing that said, Jesus loves me. And I thought, well, I really thought two things. At first I thought, is she kidding me? I like, now? Huh? You know, I'm feeling so hopeless. And I'm about to take her to a clinic to get, you know, pills for potential aids and to be checked uh, having been raped. And, I mean, I just thought, oh, my gosh. And then another part of me wanted the T-shirt, too. But I didn't feel it yet. And uh, my journey really was, um, you know, eventually we we decided to leave Tanzania. It was horrible because in that sense we left Rose as well while to come back to the United States. And, um, I fell into a PTSD period. Um, so did my young son actually, who didn't see anything, but you know, children sense things and he was very scared and he had a lot of PTSD symptoms as well. And for me, it lasted about two years and I had Uh, ironically I had completely forgotten about yoga nidra meditation like how could that happen (laughs) I mean that was my meditation with a cherry on top that was that was something that I had been practicing before Tanzania in fact I felt terrific when we got to Tanzania Um, but then life got busy and um, then we got robbed and I forgot about it for two years and then one day I was literally in my minivan um, having a breakdown of um, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. Everything in life felt like it was continually falling apart. I mean at that point we had lost all our money when we got back to the United States. We didn't have much savings but all of it was gone with the, the, the way the economy was at the time. Um, and all our possessions had been sold. So things just kept feeling like they were falling apart and falling apart. And and then I was in the minivan and it was, of course, a dark and stormy night because, <laughs> you know, Shakespeare's always around, some Shakespearean, you know, uh, going to throw in the, the fog and the mist. And, and it was just like that. And I was in my minivan and I just, I said, you know, I just cried and I cried. and And then I just heard this it felt like a soul whisper. Um, and I heard it say yoga nidra and with was right, like this light bulb, like how could I have forgotten yoga nidra meditation? And I had been practicing it before Tanzania, but I had been practicing it primarily, uh, as a relaxation tool. I really felt like, oh my God, my kids get their nap and now mommy gets her nap. <laughs> and so, you know, I needed, needed that kind of rest. But suddenly after Tanzania, um, I started practicing yoga nidra and it had a whole new um, church feel. It felt like going to church, like living church, like being church. And, um, well, I'm actually Jewish, so you could say church, synagogue, mosque. It doesn't matter. This is nothing about religion. This This is, again, that feeling of going to the source. And every time I lay down with yoga nidra, felt like I went to the source and that I reconnected to the divine and I had um, this sense that everything was going to be okay at at, at a certain point I I actually thought well, this is where the 40 days comes in actually I actually thought that I was I said I'm going to practice for a year I'm going to practice every single day for a year uh, Yoga Nidra and so I started off and I I did really well for 40 days (laughs) and then I didn't practice every day, so I did 40 days, but it was absolutely transformational, those 40 days, when I realized, wow, those 40 days were pretty transformational, and that's when I started wanting to spread this to other, other people, and I, I started leading these 40-day, uh, what, what I called in the beginning, uh, nap quests. <laughs> and they were for women and uh, they were online experiences of 40 days of yoga nidra meditation. And uh, I saw how so many other women were really not only resting, but having this go to church feeling, this, this, this divine connection, back, like plugged back in, not just to your energy, but to, to everything, to that cosmic mind, just plugged back in. And that's what I hope for everybody to receive from, from this steering to rest.
0: Now, you mentioned that you wrote about this experience in Tanzania in this section of the book where we're exploring the bliss body of awareness, the sense that everything's okay. So help me understand how this terrible traumatic event led you to a deepening experience of the bliss body.
1: Well, you know, it it comes to really in the bliss body, there is this moment where you're, where you're plugged in. You're plugged into the divine, to the source, and you feel, you feel not just it's it's more than safe. You feel the oneness um, of uh, you know everything all everything that was falling apart. Is just uh, stuff. It's the waves. You're the ocean now, and the waves are just the waves. And so suddenly, in the bliss body, you get this feeling of 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 being, you know, more than just yourself. It's more than just your story. It's 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 a connection to to the all, you know, and the all is one, and and you're just you're floating, you're, you're in this place of, uh, I mean, you can call it bliss, uh, but you can just also call it, um, especially for people who've had trauma, who've had PTSD, a lot of times they, it takes a while to feel bliss or joy, but they can feel everything's going to be okay. And the moment you feel that, when you've had trauma before, the moment you can feel that, that shifts everything. That's when you hold, You can hold. Okay, you know that was really bad, and there's also really good in the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you're not. You're in the and both, not the either or.
0: Okay, Karen, I just want to ask you one final question. Towards the beginning of the Daring to Rest book, you ask this kind of rhetorical question. You write what if rest could teach us the holy grail of womanhood, chucking perfection, chucking perfection. And I thought, huh, I wonder, how does yoga nidra meditation lead to chucking perfectionism?
1: Mm. Oh, yeah, that's great. Well, you really learn the art of um, disattaching, you know, disidentifying from from things so so everything that felt so highly charged or that needed to be done that needed to be done perfect you you feel a loosening of that when you're in yoga nidra meditation whether it's through pairing of opposites or whether it's just through the breath work and being able to you know breathe in life and release anything that needs to die you start to again connect to what i call, call the full-bodied yam in the full-bodied yam that 's when you actually you know your yeses and you know your no's. and that releases you from that grip of perfection because perfection often we say yes to everything <laughs> we 're in that you know okay, yeah, yeah, and i 'm going to do that i 'm going to do that, and i 'm going to stay up all night long for the, and then you start to realize in yoga nidra because you 've gotten you 've gotten so relaxed and you 've gone again into this this bliss place where you're you're beyond the activity of the mind and you're you just you start to realize wow that doesn't really, like staying up every single night doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> and i'm going to need to chuck perfect in order to do that mm-hmm. like i'm, I'm going to need to and, and and your intention helps you chuck perfect because the more you stay in alignment with your authentic self that which is your intention is helps you. Yoga Nidra is a pointer back to your authentic self. Because when you clean those five bodies of awareness, then they reveal your soul, your true nature, and you see yourself so clearly. You've always known yourself, but you can now see because you now you can see yourself so clearly, and you can start to release a lot of the karma that you've been that's been holding you back. And, and so you are able to literally just say, yeah, I'm going to chuck perfect today. Yeah, I'm just going to be me. And that, that involves chucking perfect. That involves letting go of perfect. And perfectionism, it not only exhausts us as women, um, it, it holds us back in so many ways. It holds us back in so many ways. Because perfect never ends there's always the next thing to be perfect at.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, Karen, yeah. we started our conversation, and you said, you know, I'm a self-confessed cheerleader for yoga nidra rest meditation. And I wonder, what will it look like for us to win the game, if you will? You're a cheerleader. What will be success in your messenger work of yoga nidra rest meditation?
1: I For me... It's really success is about, well, first of all, it looks unique for each individual because I've seen this in my the women who have been in my REST programs. It always looks different. Um, but really, in general, success would be when you have that um, – that internal monitor go off that tells you, okay, I've been in a lot of activation mode. It's time to rest and digest. And you, you go not only for the checking out kind of, not just that checking out kind of rest, like uh, I'm exhausted, I'm going to fall asleep on my couch here. No, you go for the checking in and you practice your yoga nidra and then you, you wake up and, and you, you, you start sharing your gifts. You start, you start expressing your why in the world. There is a lot to do, and I don't think we have to exhaust ourselves to do it, but we, we, there's a lot to do in the world. I think there's everything from activism to whatever your why is. I want to see women living their why, but doing it from a really well-rested place so that they're, they're remembering to, to lie down as well.
0: I've been speaking with Karen Brody. She's the author of the book, Daring to Rest, Reclaim Your Power with Yoga Nidra Rest Meditation. The book is incredibly well done and includes an entire 40-day guided yoga nidra rest meditation process and written descriptions of all the yoga nidra rest meditations you need to do across 40 days. Karen, thank you for your good work and for doing so in such a well-rested way. You're an inspiration. Thank you. Soundstrue.com. Many voices. One journey. Thanks for listening.